All right, Russ, thanks for coming on. Um, before we get Glad started, uh, dedication time. So what would you like to dedicate uh, the episode to? to? All the writers that entertained me before and uh, hope to hope to join them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Back with Russ Meyer, the other Russ Meyer, right? Is that the, the website? Yes. If, if they look for you in the website, it would say the other Russ Meyer dot com. Yes, right. Yeah. And there's a reason for that because there's another famous Russ Meyer in film. I found that out. Yeah. Uh, when did you find it out? Well, the uh, first time was uh, when my cousin sent me uh, the ad in the papers that wanted, wanted some uh, tickets to get get in there. Neither one of us were old enough to. To be able to get in on those X-rated films. Okay, okay. Uh, and then uh, next time I heard about it was uh, uh, thirty seconds before I'm supposed to pitch to Fox Company out out in Hollywood. Right. I find out that uh, yeah, the other Russ Meyer just about bankrupted the Fox Studios oh, in mid seventies. No, <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, the one I was pitching to was too young, not young, young right. to know that history. I'm not him. Yeah. So if anybody Google's your name, they're going to get a different. Oh uh, yeah, the yeah. first five hundred and some I think is the, right. the other guy. <laughs> and that's how you found out. You didn't initially found that out before. Um, no, and then I did get to pitch to uh, Russ Meyer's uh, uh, manager later on. He had, oh, you okay? Yeah, All right. So it was, it was a couple of cool things. You know, I, I I I like all the guests I have. I, I really enjoy them. But one of the one of the really things I get kind of giddy about is having writers come on because I did write myself and I had writers. And you're in fact you've done books, screenplays, novellas. So you you're really much a writer for say for film. Yeah, I, I heard that early on that there's a hundred ways to break in as a screenwriter, and part of that is uh, through novels or uh, graphic novels, uh, shorts, short films. There's, so I've, I've been trying most of them. <laughs> <laughs> and you had a you had a career before you started writing. Um, you sent me the the, the prep thing, yeah. and that was interesting to find out about you. Yeah. Guys. So, um, yeah, I s- started out. Uh, uh, my folks had a Montgomery Ward store, so I worked there for ten years, and then uh, catalogs went out of style, so. I was right. uh, doing appliance repair, and then uh, with the uh, economy going downhill, I uh, had to switch from that to over to the post office and did that only 29 years, and then took the early retirement. <laughs> 11 months. Yeah. Did you ever read Bukowski's post office? Charles uh, Bukowski's post, the post no. office? Okay. No. I'm just going to warn you if you ever get a chance. <laughs> <laughs> but he's another one that we used to work at the post office and eventually became a writer. Okay. He wrote the, I think it came out of the 70s called, it was typically called the post office. Okay. I've looked can. that up. I, I always, I always worry about advocating to people to read Charles Bukowski because even when I read, I'm a feel like I need to take a shower after I read his <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you're always, even though you did those, in fact, you did racing. That was the other thing. Yeah, I, I was the, uh, uh, see, I got into it because my brother got into it. and then, The racing uh, thing? Yeah, and then next year, my other brother got into it, and there was one point where all four of us brothers and our two pit men all were in the same class of racing in one night. And wow, we're, so you all read Elko. You had to race each other. Okay. Yeah. And uh, then the second year I was racing, I ended up with the season champ, uh, first, first year of the NASCAR uh, championships in Minnesota and uh, in the Thunder Car class, which is. Do you remember what year that was? Because uh, 86. 86. Yep. And you were, okay, the first. Yep. Uh, here in Minnesota. In Minnesota, yeah, yeah. for local tracks. Nice. Yep. So, yeah, that was fun. And then uh, a few years later, a classmate of mine uh, had an accident up on the track, so he, I, I would go down the infield to avoid him, and uh, uh, he came down, and, and I took out my radiator. That was the last race of the, the season, so I didn't think I'd win this championship because I only got two laps in. Right. And But the two guys that could catch me uh, – one of them, 
had a leaky uh, gas tank, so he got black flags. So he got zero laps. And uh, the other guy got uh, disqualified because uh, he was only running three brakes. So. <laughs> so I, I had the best, the best uh, junk car that was legal. So you, you weren't legal glad You had all your brakes. You weren't. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't know till an hour after the race was over that that I won. <laughs> <laughs> did you Did you get like a, a trophy? Yes, I did. Where I, do you have it? Where uh, do you keep it? Yeah, that's. Uh, I've got a trophy case at home. Okay, so you, yeah, it's not like sitting on the toilet or anything. Uh, no, no. <laughs> is no. it pretty big? Uh, is it like, uh, let's like see, a foot? The, the one my brothers got me was that big, and then it's the, about a foot. Okay. And the uh, one I got from the track was a little bit smaller. <laughs> but then, they, they were first year, so they they were just getting into it. Okay, and what, do you remember what car you raised, or is this all the same? Uh, this was a uh, seventy Impala that I bought for twenty five bucks because somebody else didn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, know where it, for me. <laughs> do you know where it is now? Do you know where the car is now? Oh, uh, it's probably a a, a, a museum, two thousand two Escort or something. It's a, <laughs> so <laughs> chopped it up, right? It, yeah. yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was interested because I, I know you, you like classic cars as well as I yeah. do, and it's kind of and that's the whole point of my wrote my stories to kind of interject mm-hmm. classic stories and, and classic cars and stuff. Do you, I mean this is you know now we're getting to the spring? Do you still go to auto shows and stuff? Look at old cars. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Henderson's got a nice uh, drive-in uh, or cruising yeah. every, every week. Uh, uh, so my brother and I go down there, and uh, New Prague's even got a cruise for about four hundred cars every September. So. Oh, like in the later fall before yeah. before you put them in storage. Yeah, well, yep. yeah, get a little. Yep. It's like the one last run before you put them in storage. Yep, I that's about it. it. Yep. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> and uh, uh, when I was selling appliances right after Ward's cl- uh, closed up, is I had a person uh, sell me even up a '62 SS for a dryer. <laughs> and and right next door, uh, the guy traded me a '55 Chevy two door partial trade on a on a console TV set. <laughs> I couldn't so, stay in business doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so what what was the last? Uh, was the Impala the last real classic car you ever had? Or um, the the one I still have is the the '55 Chevy. You still have a '55 Chevy? Yep. It's, okay, it's a all original six banger. Uh, is that the one where the gas tank is in the the tail light, or is that a fifty seven? Um, that's a fifty seven, right? That's a fifty seven. Okay, fifty six two, I believe. But yeah, okay. yep. And uh, in my last race, uh, guy uh, hit hit me in in the side and got me sideways and. Oh, he kind of like hooked you? Yep. And so I'm about two inches away from the wall, and I know this is going to hurt. And that's why I decided I've got a bunch of other things I want to do besides that. So, Well, how fast were you going when you hit the wall? About 70 miles an hour. Okay. That solid uh, concrete wall. So hit the uh, the belts, the shoulder belts so hard it pulled my sternum loose. And and uh, then I bounced into the wall a second time and uh, bounced my elbow into the into the ribs and had three bruised ribs and and pneumonia out of it and but any any uh, accident you can walk away from is a good one I guess right yeah <laughs> but right. that was my my last race uh, pit crew for the for my brothers and other pit crew guys had their cars later on so so you get my hand in for a while it was kind of like your your self-imposed t- retirement right yeah you, you kind of that was it yep. okay that was your big scare and it had enough and, yep so, okay. I had right. taken a class on screenwriting before that and sort of put it on the back burner. So, so then I took some more classes and uh, and took off from there. Well, prior to taking classes and being indisposed to racing, and so you can work on writing. Did you always do writing before that? Before that? Yeah, even uh, elementary school was writing short stories that. Uh, uh, Never knew what to do with them. <laughs> Screenwriting, right. okay. Did you actually like? Did you me. actually like use a typewriter? Because as a kid, I used a typewriter. Uh, my first two scripts, I I used a typewriter. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you know, a script is uh, up to 190 to 120 pages. 
So you don't want to change anything on page one when you're using a typewriter. (laughs) Then I get another 100 pages to type again. Right. That is the most worse when you make a mistake on a typewriter. It says, ah, yeah, you're right. Right. (laughs) You still have a typewriter, you think? Oh, yeah. I keep one in hand just in case. uh, You do? Sure. Is it like a portable one, like a suitcase? Uh, Remember they used to come in like a suitcase or you could travel? Yep, a portable with the electric. I. I haven't used it, but I keep it spare just in case the computer goes down. I can keep. Oh, going. it's electric. You plug in the yeah. plug into the wall. Yeah, those are classics. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember my grandma had a, when I plug in the wall and just type mm-hmm. up my little stories. They were fun. Yep. And then until you ran out of ink, and then you had to look. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. But is that what your primary? You don't use a typewriter anymore. This is not no. out of, if it's like out of necessity. Yeah. Uh, right. And uh, uh, so the first one with the computer, then we didn't have. Uh, script uh, uh, programs back then either so no yet yeah, so it had tap tap had, had to look at uh, yeah. what it was supposed to look like and aim to type it the same <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when you took the writing classes what made you might i mean obviously you like to write but what made you force yourself to go into a writing class it's like i would just want to learn more or something like a little work on my mechanics or um, just meet people well, to, to, to learn more, and it, it came to Minnesota. The uh, Film in the Cities uh, opened up in, in St. Paul, and that, I happened to spot that. So I had uh, classes with uh, Steve Larson, who I think he's at the university or has been at the university lately. He's okay. He's uh, written and uh, produced uh, features already, too. So it's, it's, he was a good one to, to learn from. And... Uh, and I also got some seminars from uh, Dan Decker. He's he's uh, written a book on screenwriting, uh, Anatomy of a Screenplay. He's he also had the biggest private uh, screenwriting school in in the United States down in Chicago. So uh, it was nice nice to get some good training from good people. And and the third one was. Uh, Drell Royce Craze. Okay. And he's, uh, 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 he was a mentor for Dan Decker, and he's a Peabody Award winner from the ABC After School Specials. Uh, he, oh, yeah, he, I he, he wrote, those. wrote yeah. one. Yeah, he wrote one of those. And, and, uh, so he had a class that deconstructing the screenplay. So you're supposed to send your screenplay in ahead of time, and they would, uh, he would look it over and mark it all up. Well, of the whole class, he's, he's, he <laughs> Just, said no, nobody else was uh, was uh, brave enough to send their scripts in. So he did the whole 16 hours de- deconstructing just just my screenplay in front of the class. <laughs> well, that's got to be unread. Gee, thanks. <laughs> right, yeah. right. But I did learn. Eventually, that one, that, that script did did win a screenwriting contest. I remember the first time I tried, because I for the comic book I wanted to write, I never did writing classes before that, but I, I submitted what I had. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting it back, and it was just loaded with red, just <laughs> loaded to the teeth with red. Yep. And it should be that your first time yeah. you're going to make mountainous mistakes, but it didn't deter me. It's like, all right, I really got to figure out what I'm doing here. So, yep. yeah, I'm yeah. sure when you get contrived about in front of everybody, you're you're learning right away, right? Right, and uh, you you've got to be able to take criticism. Some of it is good, <laughs> right? So, uh, I did have one that. I, it was uh, you submit ten pages. Well, I submitted a ten page. It's called Escalator. It's it's uh, all right. All right. It's uh, sort of like the airplane version of uh, disaster films. Like oh yeah, we just did an episode. We talk about disaster films, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so he said that uh, you couldn't tell where the movie was going. Well, if you next time you look at airplane with a clean view. Uh, I don't think you knew where the ending was after ten pages of that one. <laughs> so, so you got to right. take it with a grain of salt. But yeah, that's all he had was ten pages. So what is what is he supposed to? Uh, yeah, what, what, to do? what do you want? Yeah, it's ten pages. I'm trying. Yeah. In, it's like in a little increment, right? Yeah. When you write short stories, though, or short films. I mean, when you write short films, how long would that? How many pages is that? Like twenty or? Um, anywhere's from. Uh, one to thirty. Okay. Uh, the, the ones I film were uh, uh, let's see, 
14 pages and uh, six pages. And, and it's, that was long enough to uh, all film, film in one day. So. <laughs> <laughs> what, was your, what was your first one to ever get published? I mean, what was like your first screenplay to ever get published? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, the first short film yeah. was in uh, 2015 for a uh, 48-hour uh, contest. Right. If anybody didn't know, 48-hour uh, contest is you got, you got to write it, film it, shoot and then all in when 40 in 48 hours right yeah not and you have to use uh their line of dialogue uh a prop uh, a genre and a character that's all got to fit in there so they submit that to you and you have right. to work that in the yeah yeah yep. so it does kind of handicap you but it helps you make be a little more creative of yep. how to get it done so that was all choked up uh, we had a holiday genre given to us so we did a, a saint valentine's day story, <laughs> romance comedy and uh that one just uh was available on on tv this uh valentine's day and yeah that's MCN the first time 6. i saw it yeah. yeah 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 so so that was fun there's also a 28 minute version of uh, uh director's version to be done yet uh, we he filmed 28 minutes worth of all choked up, yeah. yeah, the director. Because uh, the one thing I learned afterwards was once you write it for 48 hours, you're not done. You should be editing it right up until the last second. I, I could have shortened it up for so he'd, he didn't have to film the whole 28 minutes. Okay. So. All right, because it gives you a time lapse. You don't. You can't just film for 48 hours. Uh, right, yeah, yeah. you got to do editing and music and everything. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, um and that was your first, that was a short story, but you've no. done more than just screenplays, you've done books as well. Um, yeah, it's so the fourth screenplay I did was uh, The Fat Lady Sings. Yes, yeah. Uh, and that one uh, won a contest that was, uh, that's about a, a detective that in, inherits the third biggest uh, detective agency in Duluth, which is only <laughs> big enough for two probably. <laughs> Right, Duluth sounds like Chicago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and uh, so he's hired by this politician's wife to find a, a Ohio correspondence school plumber that he she only met on the internet thirteen years ago, and no name, no face, nothing. And he's only got uh, three days to find him before his bookie uh, collects one way or the other. Ah, so and because they're the third biggest, uh, there's a sign on the wall that says uh, we. We only collect on delivery, so, <laughs> so he's 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 in a corner. He's, right. he's, yeah. <laughs> and so that one be also uh, I rewrote it then as a novella, and now the sequel to that uh, the next novella just came out this last week now uh, after the fedora. So those are your two um, novel novelas that you have out now that right. people can look, you yep. can stop tape and you can look for them. It's, right. The first one's called The Fat Lady Sings, and then the sequel is uh, uh, after, after, the after the Fedora, and they're on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Yeah, so if they can look for those two avenues, and we'll put the right. links on there so people can find okay. it. Yeah. Yep. So how um, when you're writing novelas, did you or screenplays or in that matter, do you do outlines? Uh Sometimes, usually, I do research, sure. and as soon as the characters start talking, then then I then I'm over to the keyboard trying to keep up with them. So uh, usually there isn't time in between to to write the, the outline, but uh, it's outlines are nice. You don't write yourself into the corners easy. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I've done a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a little bit of you got to. Not completely structure yourself. You got to figure out what is it going to lead to. Yeah. Right? So it, yeah, it does change from each. Yeah, each uh, time around. So. Do you use uh, index cards? I've done that. Uh, okay. Yep. Uh, it's right now. I'm writing a uh, drama, uh, uh, and so that one. Uh, it's basically wherever the dialogue takes takes me. So I. I don't know how many scenes I'm going to have yet. It's okay. <laughs> wherever the dialogue fits. I'm about halfway through there. It's uh, 
but uh, somebody wanted a certain style of uh, of film and gave me three three uh, films that he liked. So off of that, then I came up with the idea and started typing. <laughs> do you have a, like a little workspace, or do you like? Can you work anywhere, or do you just have one spot? I that you can have? work anywhere, but I do have a uh, little office. I was when I worked for the post office. I was going to transfer out to California, L.A., so I'd be right there, you know, and rubbing elbows with everybody. Yeah. And so I sold my house, and uh, three weeks away from going out to California, and they uh, froze all transfers because they were going to cut back on personnel. So, oh, the, the strike time. Well, right uh, they they just uh, cut back uh, fifty thousand. Right, uh, employees of the post office. Okay, and okay. so okay. Uh, I I had set up a office for myself when whenever I'd get back to New Minnesota. <laughs> so right. so I was all set, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, out my window I can uh, see the ducks and wild uh, turkeys and deer, uh, eagles. It's where I'm eight eight feet away from. From the city limits. So. Okay. So all that's in between there. Do you listen to music when you're writing? Uh, I've done that sometimes, for uh, especially for noir. Uh, okay. To uh, get some, uh, let's see, James Bond, uh, just just the uh, without without any words, just just the uh, right, just the, the, the just, theme, just, the tone. Yeah, right. just just getting mood. I also have a lot. Uh, checked out a lot of movies in the genre or uh, for noir I've even uh, got the old radio shows with all the great uh, dialogues right, right like the, um, the classic 40s and 30s radio yeah. shows yeah yep. yeah. So, so that's uh, that's all help uh, do you ever were you writing do you ever think musically like it's a music or do you just kind of <sighs> my second uh, script was a Western musical using other people's music. Oh, I see. Okay. That didn't sell. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, there's some uh, patents out there, uh, copyright uh, issues. That, <laughs> so, so they they say for uh, for spec scripts, you should stay away from yeah. from music. Uh, uh, know what you want, to, in case they ask, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so far it's all been spec scripts. Uh, this new one I've given a genre, but I did write on on write on spec for somebody once that wanted a specific movie. He had a couple of writers before me. I I did forty different variations, okay, and never could come to agreement. So the, there was zero cents gained on on that one. But, uh, lesson learned. <laughs> do you uh, edit your own rights, or do you submit them? Uh, I I do uh, send in for copyright and also uh, okay. Writers Guild. Uh, do do both because the Writers Guild that's only what's going to be on, on the screen. If you if you money issues, then you got to have the copyright to to pursue that. Okay, so. so. Do you ever like when you writing? You ever think editing? Like maybe that should be cut, or maybe oh, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, uh, once it's on the page, that doesn't mean it's got to stay there, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I eventually learned learned that. Yeah, it's uh, uh, I, Minnesota has the Minnesota Screenwriters Workshop, and I joined that uh, back when David Grant was president and. He had success with uh, HBO, uh, so he he was uh, that was a uh, encouragement for the rest of us. And they do five pages or ten pages at a time. Everybody will read a character, and then they'll give you a critique back. Okay. And so that's that's where if it wasn't getting through to them, it, you you heard it five times or ten times. <laughs> in a half hour so yeah it sunk in by then <laughs> so, so they also have once you've gotten through that they they have a uh, table reading where the the other writers will each take character and read the whole thing so you get the get the uh, 
glimpse of the whole story rather than just right. five pages. It's sometimes hard to get uh, feedback on on the whole story. So, and then twice uh, I've had the screenwriters workshop uh, do a stage reading for me. Okay, what's a stage reading? Stage reading is real actors on a real stage with okay. a real audience. All right. And the uh, first one was the Fat Lady Sings, and one uh, the cast included uh, uh, one of the Daryls from uh, New Heart. Oh, really? Uh, really? Pappenfuss, uh, Tony, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and the other one was uh, uh, Jenna's Gone, and that one... Uh, uh, the other story was Jen was gone. Yeah, okay. that, that was uh, Cynthia Ulrich uh, directed it, and uh, let's see, uh, Aaron Cato is uh, was one of the actors in that one, and now the screenwriters workshop just does the winner of the uh, workshop screenplay contests okay. each year. Okay, but uh, that was that was a. Great to hear an audience. Uh, you know, when when you're just reading on a table reading, you're concentrating on that. So, you, right, you don't. But know, the right. audience is just concentrating on on, on what's out there. So, uh, that's that's a great help. Can you can you watch your 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 stuff? Like, you, can you watch all choked up? Can you watch? Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I I can, and uh, um, been pleased with what everybody did with it. This, uh, yeah, uh, the second. Short that we did was uh, just a tick, and uh, you know, being a screenwriter, you have to get away from the uh, keyboard and do some networking. Uh, not always easiest for for writers to, no, to inter- interact. Right, yeah, interact <laughs> because you've been bottled up in the hole all day. Yeah. Right. So yeah, but uh, just a tick. Uh, uh, Russell Johnson uh, from All Choked Up uh, was a uh, Producer and actor there, and uh, Charles Hubble from uh, Deceived, he was in it. And uh, let's see, and uh, uh, Aaron Tro was a sound editor from from Deceived also. Okay. And then uh, uh, from All Choked Up, also uh, Gary Broshek, uh, that turned out that was his uh, first film that he directed and. Did the cinematography and edited. Oh my God! All okay. right, that's yeah. busy. Yeah, <laughs> that's really busy. Yep. And uh, then we also had uh, Chris Gigo was uh, from my screenwriters group. Uh, he did the drone uh, work for for Just a Tick. Well, if you want, if you just want to explain to the audience what Just a Tick is about. It, okay, Just yeah. a Tick is uh, uh, the logline is it's a, a, a windmill mechanic. Thanks for. Every action, there's equal opposite reaction. So he's trying to convince people that uh, all these windmills someday they're just going to work like a brake and just just stop the entire Earth one of these days. <laughs> so it's the last three minutes, according to him. <laughs> <laughs> and that may uh, end up on on TV this year too. I have to stay tuned on that one. Oh, you weren't? Yeah, that was on TV as well. It, it's Not, uh, or you I, yourself? Uh, just a tick. Uh, there's been interest in okay. in, in in putting it on, but uh, I haven't. Uh, as far as I know, it hasn't been been well, out there yet. I misheard you because I, I okay. mean you meant that you were on TV. Uh, no, no, okay. I'd rather stay behind the camera. <laughs> I, I did have a cameo, uh, a Hitchcock cameo uh, in Just a Tick. Because, what, really? Yeah, because I was a producer. Right. Okay. What if we only have one day to shoot? What if somebody doesn't show up? So I I got a, the T-shirt to match the rest of them. And okay. And everybody said, "Well, if you're in, in uh, if you're in the outfit, you're in a yeah. uniform. Yeah, you might as well be." So, <laughs> so I, off the cuff, I had to create a character. Then, <laughs> so, but that was all done one day, and, yeah. and it was my first doing attempt doing any producing, and it was for, it was a breeze. Really, I, the, everybody asked if can we use your uh, location. Fine. Uh, Everybody that asks if they want to be in it, great. Everybody wanted, wanted to go along with it. And the one thing I, I did goof on was you should check out the location for that day. Oh, right. Yeah. Not just go out there on yeah. a Saturday. And, well, yeah. 
uh, found, turns out the county fair was was going that weekend. <laughs> uh, luckily, we got that first scene done before the, the <laughs> before, before the, the crowds the started driving by. <laughs> yeah, I have a. I, I, if you want to, I have a. If I can pull it up on my home. We have a question from an audience member who just wants to remain anonymous about okay. writing. Um, he just wants to name him anonymous. He's like, hello, Russ. I know you're a writer. I have one quick question about writing. I'm writing my first screenplay. Uh, what is first for you, characters or costume? So his question is probably, what, what, did you, what do you come up okay. with characters? Is this costume first? or Okay. Um, for me, it's usually story first and okay. then what character would fit in there, and um, then uh, location and character, then uh, then the rest of it has to be, <laughs> uh, each story is going to be different. But uh, yeah, usually, usually it's a, a story like The Fat Lady Sings. It uh, started out as what uh, a twist on a famous saying. So famous saying was uh it's not over till the fat lady sings right when isn't that the case uh, when isn't it over when the fat lady sings that when she sings the uh, national anthem at a, at a ball game so so that's <laughs> and the rest of the story came from there <laughs> right well i like the title because it's almost implication of it's supposed to end but as something ends always starts something yeah. it's always the beginning of something else right that's right. why we have st yeah. that's why everything oh. and plus ending is that really an ending or is that something's always not always finalized? Something always continues on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And well, do you think about costuming even though when you're writing out novelas, or do you like sketch them out? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, film noir it makes it easy. Everybody's got a right. Got a suit and a fedora. <laughs> right. You make it easy. Everybody. She's got the evening dress on. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I haven't really. Uh, well, it's kind of nice because it, it leaves it all. It's kind of nice, and I think and I'll give advice to the the person is leave it open for actors and costume people to interpret that, right? Right. Yeah. That's unless you're doing a story like a novel or something like that, where you want to get descriptive. Yeah, that's that's the thing about screenwriting. You can't use any adjectives. Got to got to lock them up someplace, and then then when I did the novel, then you bring all the adjectives back out. <laughs> <laughs> So all the all, all the read out the words, uh, go take them out of the trash and use them in the novel. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, especially if uh, if a person was thinking ahead for a graf- graphic novel, then then you would want to know the the costumes. That uh, yeah, for me, I was costuming before yeah. I started because it's it's a visual format, and yeah. I was good. I'm I'm writing and illustrating at the same time, mm-hmm. so. I was probably subconsciously in costume. I was, or I wasn't putting it onto page and everything. Mm-hmm. But I think it's nice to keep it open for the other people to work because movies is as a collective group. It's not just you doing it, right? Yeah, you don't want to step on anybody else's toes. And uh, if when you're writing dialogue, uh, if if there's only one way to say it, that uh, that the actor's going to get it, yeah. then then don't put any parentheses uh, how how they're supposed to say it. It's uh, it's only when they're they're twisting the words that uh, you might need to give them a hint. If it's yes, but it's uh, sarcastic, then uh, yes, it probably isn't enough uh, of a clue for the actor. But most of the time, uh, the the dialogue will will take care of it, itself as far as once you get a good actor. Yeah, looking at it. Well, like the old saying is, the screenplay is the skeleton, and everybody else fills in the rest, right? It's right. The whole body of yep. stuff, right? Yep. And if you have a good skeleton, eventually it, everything else will kind of fit together, all together, mm-hmm. right? When it well, how do you finish it? You know, when you write scenes, and I have a good criticism. How do you finish a scene? How do you know when it's finished? I mean, that's the toughest thing for me was I'm, I have these two people, or it's an event, but how do you know it's really to go move on? Well, the first draft. Write write it out till till you're till you don't have any more. <laughs> till you're on the floor, right? Pass yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then then you can see what's important. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you can edit. Right. It's always right, yeah. it's always good to cut back, not always to right. fill in. Right. Yeah. 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 Enter late, leave early, but you got to know where the, where the early and late are. So yeah. go ahead and write them out the first time. Do you constantly write every day? Can you keep it in practice? Um, I I try to just about every day. Uh, 
probably uh, try 25 hours a week or so. It's Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, still got a few other things to do yet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to take a little bake, Russ, and okay. then we'll come back with more about writing and noirs and all that stuff. So hold on. This is Angelica Norton. And this is Amber Moreno. I produce and I host a podcast called Chatty Crafties. I chat with our crafty friends about what drives them to make, perform, and create. It's not about perfection. No. It's about expression. We invite you to peer into the lives of our guests' creative processes and inspirations. We hope to excite those who assume they're not creative and support those who may have forgotten that they are. Honestly, I just want to celebrate and absorb their creative energy to try new things. So it won't sound so daunting for me to, oh, sew a swimsuit, tell a story on stage in front of strangers, or get back into painting. So find us at chattycrafties.com for a new episode every Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Now go make some art. With Russ, um, oh, I was going to ask you again. I forgot. Uh, you were going to you're, you're going to be doing some book tours. Uh, yeah, I would like to, uh, especially when the graphic novel comes out. Then, then I'd have three books available. Uh, so, I know there's a comic book uh, uh, convention in, in Twin Cities once a year, right? Uh, Every twice a year. Twice a year. Oh, one's okay. in uh, one's in May and one's in the fall. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that's at the State Fairgrounds. Yeah. Oh, okay. it's the Minnesota Comic Book Association okay. holds it. Yeah. It's a, it's a great venue. Yeah. Okay. And there's a couple other ones. There's one down in Farmington. There's one down in Rochester and Duluth has one. Okay. Yeah. I checked it out a few years ago. There was one in the Bloomington Hotel, but uh, that one yeah. changed locations a few times. Well, this is a little bit dating myself. When, you know, back in the 80s and early 90s when nobody gave it wasn't a huge explosion of comic-con it used to be in bloomington it was such a small event it mm-hmm. used to be at the thunderbird hotel okay for many years to, <laughs> to the point where i remember as a teenager that you pretty much the comic book artist that came you pretty much gave him enough money just to feed him and sleep the night then to get the heck out of town <laughs> and if you know if they would go to dinner with you too if you bought enough yep. of their stuff they would go to dinner with you but now it's such a huge event that it's it's almost, it's almost throwing up on itself. It's bridge. It's just a, it's a massive deal, mm. right? Yep. But if I don't know if you were, you were here before that, there was a famous. It's called the Thunderbird Hotel. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. and that's where he usually had it yep. for many years before okay. it got into the fairgrounds, and it's just a massive thing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did well we talked about it for prep, and then before I get to talk about your graphic novel, did and we were surrounded by comic books. Did you kind of always read comic books? Oh. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, I read my cousin's uh, first edition. Uh, uh, Don- Let's see, Donald Duck and yeah. uh, other <laughs> other ones from Disney. And uh, just then, I was uh, coloring uh, comic strips on, on on Sundays, and yeah. So yeah, so I started coloring theirs, their, their first edition uh, Disney's, and. <laughs> And so, yeah, so yeah, that was their, supposed to be their uh, retirement fund, and, uh, <laughs> and I took care of it for him. Well, so, I, <laughs> so I no, I haven't read it on a regular basis since then. I tried to stay away and put the, especially when I got crayons in my hand. <laughs> a long time ago, I bought a, I bought a, oh, world's finest. You know, the world's finest is Batman, Superman together. Batman, Superman. Yeah. The world's finest was from I don't know from fifty two, and it was cheap, right? It was maybe. They wanted eight bucks for it. I was like, "Wow!" I mean, because usually these are a couple. These are really expensive. Why is it in the? It look fine, and 
I eight bucks. I didn't think about it. Mm. The reason why it was so cheap is somebody was cutting out the ads and mail. <laughs> <laughs> so they had somebody wanted the invisible specs. And <laughs> <laughs> they really think they worked. Ooh. I was like, well, that's why it's cheap. They really mm-hmm. thought they had the comic book. So, poor kid. Yeah. Um, so, what's the graphic novel about? Graphic novel is uh, called A Little Favor. It's uh, about a, a former fighter pilot that got blackballed, so now he's a uh, uh, Wild West show fast draw artist. And uh, five years after he's out of the Air Force, his uh, Top Gun comes looking for him, asking him to do a little favor. Because of his uh, uh, speedy reflexes, they want him to go to the backside of the sun, pick up the two doomsday weapons that that uh, went off course into the sun, and pick them out of the sun before next Wednesday at <laughs> 7 p.m. when it's going to explode, causing some major global warming. <laughs> And <laughs> well, what, what, what's the time piece? Is this current? Uh, current, yeah. Really? It's, okay. Yeah. It's, it's, as far as I know, it could all be uh, current technology too. You know, okay. uh, back in the fifties, there was the Blackbird uh, spy plane. Yeah. Going thirty five hundred miles an hour. There still isn't anything close to that for for uh, the public. So, what is the uh, uh, Black Ops and the uh, Skunk Works been doing for the last? 60, 70 years. There must be improved things a little bit. So that's what, what the technology is for for this. A little, it's called a little favor. Yeah. And when is when would people be able to look for it? Uh, it should be coming out next year. We're okay. We're about seventy five percent done on the final. Uh, uh, it went through it three times in the illustrator, and now the final time. Now he's. Uh, about seventy five percent complete. So it's okay. oh who, yeah, who is the illustrator? Um, let's see, Hugh Hugh Benowitz. Uh, he's okay. from Minnesota and uh, he's uh, does a lot of uh, uh, industrial work too. So I get him on his spare time. So <laughs> we'll have to wait till it's ready. <laughs> well, how did you guys find each other? Was it his idea uh, or your your idea? Well, I uh, contacted. Uh, uh, Minneapolis School uh, Institute of Art and asked them if they had anybody that uh, they know of and and they gave me a bunch of names and uh, and uh, put it out there and he was one that uh, that uh, contacted me and and it looked like a good fit. Uh, I had started out with one from California and uh, uh, that just didn't work out so okay so I had to start over so and. So it's it started out the story started out as being a script. Yeah, like a movie script. Yeah, uh, I because I I don't think I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think anybody doesn't really know comic book scripts and movie scripts look awfully alike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I never was going to write any science fiction because you only have 120 pages, and if you're going to in, invent an entire world and language and yeah. everything else, doesn't leave much many pages for story. So. But this one, if it's present day and uh, Earth and no aliens, uh, you know, it leaves leaves a little more room for the story. Then, yeah. So, how long did it take to write it? Uh, that one uh, probably about a year and a half. I had other okay. other things going on. It was, it was like a side time. project almost. <laughs> it sounds like it was kind of like a side project thing. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Did it kind of steer you off from comic books, or you want to keep going? Uh, well, it's it takes so long to illustrate, <laughs> yes, as, as you know. <laughs> <It does. laughs> yeah. So I better have the story down before before the next one yeah. starts. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I don't. I think because you you know a, a story could be and people under don't really understand comic books. A story really has to be good. I mean, visually, it's a visual format. Mm. But a real good story can sell anything, and mm-hmm. I think any, it works in any genre. A really good story can work in any medium, yeah. and especially if you work hard at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I do have another uh, script that is getting somewhere as a result of networking. Uh, the it's called Jenna's Gone. It's a un, untried deputy and his best friend, a hunting guide. 
and their friendship is turning lethal because uh, the girl they're both in love with, the waitress, has been kidnapped, and so they go after the kidnappers, both suspecting the other guy of having something to do with her kidnapping. Ah, I see. So it's kind of like a witch. It's kind of like a little psychological. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, it's sort of like uh, hell or high water and uh, and uh, the searchers. Somewhere's in between those two. Right. Yeah. And I love the searchers. That one. The idea for it was uh, I came back to uh, Lee Center, small town I grown up with, and. And not much had changed. It was not only the same bakery in the same location. It was the same baker uh, paying the same amount of rent for 42 years. <laughs> so, that is kind of a little, that David, yeah, yeah, that's almost like a little, little, little slower yeah, yeah. Than, uh, than downtown here. But, yeah. uh, uh, so if it's that slow in a small town, how much slower would it be out in the middle of the desert someplace? And, and so this is a former stagecoach stop that's uh, still hanging on as a, is a bar, and uh, you take away about six things. It could instead of present day, it could be yeah. 1890s or 1870s. So it's it's a, that was a fun one to write. And what's it called again? Uh, Jenna's gone. Jenna's gone. And it won the contest of contest winners, which means it had to finish an, uh, at least a finalist in, in another contest in order to qualify it for that contest. Okay, and then. Uh, uh, one of the readers liked it so well that he optioned it. Uh, Howard Allen, he's a, he's been rated number one uh, in the country for a, a film critique or film uh, doctor or, or script doctor. And uh, so he took it to uh, a director and actor, uh, Justin Kreinbrink. They're both in Arizona. And uh, Justin agreed to, do it and so we were just waiting on getting enough funds and uh justin had a uh, distributor that came in with the funds so that's two big big uh, chunks of making indie film the right. the budget and and where to distribute it once it's once it's made so uh we're hoping that uh, to be able to film it this year it's uh part of it is uh justin's so busy you gotta it's to get get uh, twenty people in in the same area, at the same time for three weeks right, yeah. is a right is a monumental task. Uh, I, I only had to do it for that one day when I was producing the short. I I wouldn't want to try producing a feature. So right now we're still they're still working on getting all the pieces together, and everybody's yep. in agreement they want to do it. Yep, yeah. yep, yeah. and it'll be done down in southern Arizona. Around Tucson. Are you are you been invited to be on set or yeah? Are you, are you kind it, of working with you? And yep, since it's indie film, uh, everybody wears more than one hat usually. Right. Uh, and so yeah, I would uh, would be behind the scenes, uh, helping out producing it. Well, I think it's kind of nice when you have like when you're when you write your screenplay and then the director and that everybody else allow you to be on stage to see mm-hmm. it play out and everything. And, at least participate a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of nice. And with the indie film, okay, you, you only have three weeks, so if you can't get a location or somebody's got to bow out early or something, better have the writer there to to uh, patch things back together. With you. Right, so yeah. So it yeah. Makes, makes sense. Yeah, or yeah, figure out some way. It's always about, it's you got to figure out quick, right? Especially yeah. with indie yeah. filmmakers, you got to figure out quick solve problem solving really fast. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was going to ask you, and this is really true. Why do you? What's with noir? It's always been fun to <laughs> fun to watch and fun to write. Uh, yeah. uh, Murder by Sweet is it's one of my favorite films. It's uh, oh really? Uh, it, it's got comedy in it. Believe it or not, there's some comedy in there. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> I, I have a dis- my favorite. My friend Lucas Munson, he's a comic book writer, and him and I we, we get along great because we don't always agree. we agree a lot, but a lot of times. And I I I I always think a good story has a little bit of comedy into it. You know, yeah. even even like Empire Strikes Back has some funny moments into it. You know, it's not my fault. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's Comic yeah. relief is right. what they said. And call it. a lot of the, I think every, you know, Ray's Lost Ark has a great comedy. And he had, I don't want a short fight you, I'll just pull my gun out, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I always, and he always did a disagreement that it doesn't always have to have comedy. But I think 
you want to experience a whole emotional spectrum that even though these noirs could be dreary and slow, mm-hmm. there are some funny moments to it, like Murder My Sweet has it, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other one from the from the 40s that's uh, so great is uh, uh, Double Indemnity because oh, yeah. Fred, at least all I had known of Fred McMurray was uh, Disney films and My Three <laughs> Sons. <laughs> So, okay, yeah. how is he going to turn this around? <laughs> he, well, yeah, in, in the movie, Fred looks this very astute, paint by the numbers, yeah. you know, a very, like, a good guy, and slowly he gets turned. Yeah, and Edward G. Robinson's in it. Who's going to be the bad guy? It's going to be Edward G. Robinson, of course. <laughs> right, you think that, you're right. Yeah. And Edward is, oh, man, I don't know why he didn't get nominated for support. It was a great supporting role that he did, this mm-hmm. whole he could figure things out. He's better than any police detective. And just by reading their claims on the paper, I know, I know I can spell it right anytime. <laughs> provides a little bit of suspense to it, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, how many, what, did you ever see Double Demony like theater? Because um, I really think it looks magnificent on a theater. No, I haven't. I really yeah. does. Especially the whole staircase and Barbara Stanwyck and all that. Yeah. 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 Yep. Are those your two favorites? Yeah, those are favorites for, for noir. Yep. Uh, as far as comedy, uh, airplane has got to be right, right up there. Uh, <laughs> of course, and I like like the Marx Brothers too. <laughs> well, I, I think you notice I got the Marx Brothers right behind you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, I mean, I I kind of catch myself watching them like every three months. Is it kind of for you? That you watched Marx Brothers? Yeah, and and they should have had more films. So I, I found their uh, the scripts for their radio series. Is okay. is been published in a book. It's it's not the complete series. It's what they could find, but uh, it's it's like two dozen scripts of uh, of them. Uh, let's see, it's just uh, Groucho and Chico. Okay, uh, yeah, playing a, a, a lawyer and his uh, his uh, right right hand man, you, and you can probably figure out which plays which. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It's, it's funny to watch him and to realize that Chico was the oldest. He was huh. the oldest out of all of them. Okay. And Groucho was the youngest. Julius yeah. was the youngest. And it huh. doesn't really play out in the movies. The, yeah. only, the way they play out, you think Groucho was the oldest and the other ones are just acting like little kids. But no, Chico yeah. was the oldest, right? Yeah, and there was five of them. Uh, Gummo, yeah. Gummo and Zeppo. Zeppo, I think he only did three of them and they had enough yeah. of their antics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's had enough been being the good guy. He became agent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think Zeppel had the comedy. I think he was always the straight guy in the movie. Right, yeah, 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 he just he was, he was a, the romantic. Yeah, uh, he didn't put the makeup on or yeah, anything. You're right, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but that I think, from a writer's perspective, that is great comedy writing. Yes, I think it's how you can do dialogue that way and just pour out at you. It, it's too bad that everything's uh, all the profits are based on international now. So, so they're looking for the Three Stooges rather than Marx Brothers because it, they don't have to translate from one language to the other. Yeah, with their with their international releases. So. Uh, right. What did you expect when you hired the Three Stooges to paint your house? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They, they can do it without a, without dialogue. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's almost silent comedy. But the, yeah. I, everybody says there was a fourth stooge, and that was a guy working the sound effects. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> do you ever you, do you watch comedy more, or what? Is there another genre or a little more noir? Uh, or you just kind of go all over the place. Noir thrillers and uh, yeah. and uh, the. Well, there's two kinds of com- comedy now. There's, I, I like the uh, the uh, far out stuff. I, there's supposed to be realistic comedy and uh, and the uh, airplane type yeah. type stuff. That you, it doesn't make sense that they put all those uh, lights on the on the runway. <laughs> no, right? They pour the light pour the lights on, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. I'd rather watch that. Watch that. Uh, uh, one of my favorites comedy movies that nobody ever has seen is uh, uh, Zero Mostel and uh, 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 let's see from the producers uh, Zero Mostel and Gene Wilder Gene Wilder did another movie together oh, really? called Rhinoceros 
I've heard of this. Now, this is really, this is not a Mel Brooks movie. No. No. No, but uh, it it's, uh, there's a disease out there that's slowly turning people into rhinoceroses. <laughs> <laughs> and you can imagine Zero Must still yeah. be turning into a rhinoceros. It's, uh, <laughs> so uh, that one, yeah. I could have seen it in the theater in New Prague. It was there for one day, only the... The ad was so small, I thought it was for a safari movie. All I could read was rhinoceros. Rhinoceros, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you didn't know it. Right. Yeah, if it was said Zero Mostel and Gene Wilder, I probably would have went. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little surprised. I mean, of course, you like noirs and stuff, but uh, I think you remember Neil Simon made his whole, with Murder by Death and The Cheap Detective, yes. he had his whole, if you love noirs and comedies yeah. and you haven't seen Cheap Detective, which... yeah. <laughs> I think it's great. Well, because he's always, you know, like Sam Spade and Philip Marlowe, these great private eyes. Mm-hmm. You never see him get paid. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's why he tied, Neil Simon titled the movie The Cheap Detective. With, mm-hmm. And Peter Falk did a great job with that. Yeah. 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 So if you like the, I mean, I'm sure you've seen those. Oh, yeah. 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 That's and great, great cast. And, and both yeah. of them. I think Zero's in Cheap Detective, too. Well, both of them. I think he played. Um, the French guy in Murder uh, by Death, oh, and then he played the bro. probably the the fat man, the Gutman fat man's gonna yeah. take on Chief <laughs> Detective. Yeah, yeah. So I want to get before I get back. You cited Searchers. Yeah, is that your favorite John Wayne one? Oh, uh, boy, he's, he's he's done so many right. great, great westerns. Uh, yeah, if you yeah. just want to stick to John Wayne westerns, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's a low, yeah, from forget stage, his military movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Stagecoach and and uh, True Grit and uh, McClendon was a comedy western. That's uh, yeah, it, uh, we get to see more because somebody forgot to to re up on the uh, copyright on, on that. So that's why it's it's seen on TV so often now. Really, they yeah. forgot to renew it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's that's got a that's clerical that's clerical error. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Capra films, uh, I like like those two. Uh, Van, uh, Van Capra. Yeah. yeah. You, you can't take it with you. That's that's uh, my favorite Capra. It, <laughs> the the, the uh, characters that came up with is. is uh, Dub Taylor playing a xylophone. I don't know anybody else would have come up with that. <laughs> well, uh, you decided a lot of black and white movies and a lot of color movies. Do you, when you write, do you think black and white? Uh, well, for the most part, uh, not really. No, so it's, it's it's it is probably in black and white because I don't notice color um, when you're writing. Or, yeah, yeah. The, with the uh, exception was. Uh, after the fedora, because uh, as he dives into the sun, <clears throat> there's uh, uh, there's different layers to the sun, and they're each right. different colors. And so uh, I, yeah. a, a little favor is uh, the one that that I, I saw in color because uh, they're diving into the sun. There's so many right. brightness to it that uh, it had to, had to come out, but it doesn't in the graphic novel because it's. Uh, uh, saving something for the screen, <laughs> and and uh, what uh, Hugh does in, in black and white with, with just two colors is uh, is brilliant. So, so, looking forward to seeing that in print. Um, with the the series, um, Fat Lady Sings after Fedora, you're concentrating on one private detective, uh, Detective Dexter, right? Right. Do you think you have any more in mind of his continue on? Oh, kind of like John Sanford with Davenport, or yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It 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 could. I haven't haven't found that story yet, but uh, right. uh, but yeah. Even with uh, a little favors, it's uh, that one. I I've got the beginnings to a sequel for that idea in, in my head. But yeah. illustrating, I see four or five years. Uh, yeah, I, I, I better. <laughs> I better finish my my half of it first. <laughs> With the whole workshops and all this stuff, do you ever when you're writing, do you ever think metaphor, or you just kind of pour out the story? Uh yeah. Theme is is uh, is a, is the one thing that that bugs me. I I, I don't know. I, I'm looking at story. I'm looking at characters. Yeah. 
I don't know what theme is till I get done, and then I try and <laughs> dig it out. And so I'm a little similar with you. I don't have a like a sentence that I want to. I think the story will tell me if it has a theme yeah. to it or not. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So contest is a is a good way for for screenwriters to to get to notice because there's over a hundred thousand uh, feature scripts written every year. Wow. So how do you how do you get do you get, get to the top right. top yeah. to get noticed? And contest is one way. I've won fourteen contests with ten different scripts and and over a hundred screenwriting awards. And but uh, there's still no guarantees. You still still yeah. once they notice it, you still got to have good products. And that comes from writing. You got got to. More, more than going to school is uh, is is uh, writing and get and practicing and getting getting your uh, everything honed up and uh, uh, so that's that'd be my advice for I think you just gotta, starting. my advice is just turn off the world and just do it you know mm-hmm. if you have to turn off your phone mm-hmm. turn off the world start and creating your own you know. And everything starts with a little kernel, right? Just yeah. a little flick that gets all the whole thing exploding. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, <clears throat> reading movie scripts also helps just to see where they place things. And right. the action lines don't show up necessarily on the screen. So you, if you want to know how to write action lines, look at other people's scripts. I remember I was in college and when the usual suspects came out. And then I saw the movie, and it just so happened I was at the university library, and it just the new the new material that's going to be submitted for the library, and it was on a rack, and I saw the screenplay for the Usual Suspects was going to be submitted. I checked that out, and I went back to watch it, at, looking at the screenplay, and I think that event really transpired me that writing and how it looked, and see it re- as he's sitting at the page. I think it's beneficial. If you really want to be a writer, check out other screenplays and then watch the yep. movie and see how it transpires because it's not going to be an absolute transfer, right? There is right. going to be a little bit of play. Then you can see how other people work. Yeah. yeah. But uh, most of the movies or most of the scripts that you can find are the sales scripts rather than the... Legitimate ones. The, the, well, rather than the uh, script right. they use to make the film. Right, the, 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 so the real the, script, yeah. So... Uh, when you're looking at it, the the movie, yes, the, the sales script is going to be a whole lot different. Yes, than than what final there's product. some scenes in there that are not going to be right, yeah. or there's some dialogue that's yeah. changed, or yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so if you can find one or two uh, shoot, shooting scripts, shooting scripts is so important to uh, know what they really need <laughs> to do with the film. So, <laughs> <laughs> So, Russ, I have my last writing question for you before we let you go and all that stuff, and we'll okay. talk about uh, what comes first, title or story? Story, story first. Oh, yep, and, and uh, it's usually not too long after that, I come up with a, a title, and uh, I've got uh, the one I'm writing now is uh, "Time Out." It's just. Uh, Keep it short enough so that it fits on the <laughs> uh, fits on the uh, yeah. marquee. It's, 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 uh, yeah, and I don't think I've ever started a movie with just the title. It's, it's, it would kind of weird, right? Well, only it's like a yeah. challenge. It's almost like a like a forty eight hour. Okay, there's a, another challenge. Right here's the title of the movie. I might, see might do you... that next year. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Russ, well, I would say thanks for coming on, man. I love yeah. talking about writing and all that. And yep. especially, uh, so the one that we're going to look out for is called um, Jenna. Jenna's gone. Jenna's gone. And, and, the yeah. comic book coming out next year, probably, which is a little favor. A little favor. And, and then you could probably find the other ones that uh, we mentioned. Yeah, The Fat Lady Sings and After the Fedora, just this week now, uh, is available on Amazon and uh, barnesandnoble.com oh wonderful and e- ebooks or uh, paperback or or even hard copies <laughs> <All right. laughs> Russ, <laughs> Russ thanks for coming on man this is yep. a lot of fun right this is sure yeah oh I, before we get we should have mentioned before uh, you write for another podcast right if they want to check it out uh, 
yeah, I, I co-wrote uh, Deceived with uh, Russell Johnson's story, yeah. and that is available all over the place. Yeah, it's, 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 it's available. Deceived like, by Russell Johnson. Yeah. You'll be able to find it. All right, Russ. Well, okay. thank you for coming on. Thank yeah, you. And that's, thank you. Um, it's not over till the guest says it's over. Even a fat lady sings, gotta say it. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs>